With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening. Good evening. Yes, we are back another time. We are so elated. You are here with us tonight as we are back for Learners on Thursday. Tonight is a Thursday night. It is the 25th of August, 2022. And yes, you may have noticed that we took a minute hiatus. That's because two weeks ago, we celebrated our 60th National Holy Convocation. It was Holy Week. And you might be wondering, girl, what are you talking about? What is Holy Week? I don't know what that means. Well, let me tell you what Holy Week means for us. So we are Pentecost. And so with us, if you've ever read the Bible, they talk about on the day of Pentecost where they were in the upper room. Were we in the upper room? Yes, but not the exact way the apostles and they were in the upper room back in the New Testament of the Bible. But for us, it is the first Sunday in August until that second Saturday in August. We are kind of like New Year's Eve. We are closing out of one year for our church. And then on the second Sunday, in August of every year. That is the brand new day of the brand new year for our church, kind of like how you have New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So basically for us, from August 7th into the 13th of August was like December 31st for us, if you understand what New Year's Day is. New Year's Eve and New Year's Day mean. And then on August 14th was like January 1st for us, we started a brand new year in our church, which means that now we have just a new year where all of our the people in our church, everybody that's in our church, has a chance to now have new opportunities that they didn't have the prior year before. Doesn't mean anything else except for we start a brand new year in our church. So we took a small hiatus, so that way we would have an amazing opportunity to rest up and to come back to you. So starting back next Wednesday, we'll be back on for Throne Room Wednesday, where we will take all of your petitions and your prayers to the throne of grace above all your comments, conversations, testimonies, above and beyond that, we'll take them to the throne of grace. But tonight, we're here for Learners Lounge Thursday. And so what I wanted to talk about today, because it's now time for Inspiration Thursday, and as you guys know, every time I'm on, on a Wednesday or a Thursday, before the doctor who's in the studio will come on and either pray or give you what thus saith the Lord with his biblical teachings, I just kind of like to go ahead and have some inspiration. So everything that I talk about in Inspiration Wednesday or Inspiration Thursday is a topic specifically from the Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary. That's the commentator who I like to look at and talk about. And I just like to give you guys a little bit of what I research and what I find on him. doesn't have to be a whole lot. But tonight I'm going to be talking um Pretty much tonight it will come from Hebrews. This is just like the 11 chapter verses 1 through 16. I'm not going to do all of those. I'm just going to bounce around and give you guys just a little bit of the introduction to faithful heroes in the biblical realm. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, this is often called, if you read your Bible, it is the book that is about, especially this particular chapter, is about faith. It describes how various people have responded in faith to what God had said to them, but the stories that are in the 11th chapter are not told for historical trivia. They are to encourage us to have faith in our situations, too. Now, you might be wondering, what is faith? I hear it all the time in church. I hear about faith everywhere. Well, this is my understanding of faith, is that faith is something where you only need the grain of a mustard seed. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed in your natural physical eyes or in your in your just daily 
times, but if you've never seen a mustard seed, please look it up. It is so minute and small. But that small amount of faith is all you need, and that will allow God to intercede in everything you're asking him for, that small amount. Now, when we talk about, and this is going to be the first three verses of Hebrews chapter 11, when we talk about faith, it's just to the readers that this is what the Bible wants us to know. He wants his people to live by faith, and that's in the previous chapter, chapter 10, verses 38. It just says that um, he wants his people to live by faith. He wants them to persevere, to do his will, and be blessed. Now, as a people, we who believe that we are saved, which is from the 39th verse, this is the previous chapter of chapter 10. It just says that Christians are people who believe that they are saved. Now, let's fast forward to chapter 11. Then it describes what faith is like. Faith is a confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Now, there is sometimes where there's a brief definition of the word faith that we can always talk about. And you guys might be wondering, well, I always have faith and I don't see the results of my faith. Well, this is what I always say here at Blog Talk Radio in the Apple Valley Studio for Blessings by Grace Radio. I always tell everybody that when you're mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and verbally ready for what you are asking for, that is when God will give you the fruits of your labor. That is when God will answer your prayers. He will give you what you're talking about. Now, there are so many different commentations, so many commentators of people that have agreed to disagree when it comes to faith. Now, the element of faith is a thread that runs throughout the history of God's people. And when I say that, if you look back in the beginning days in the Old Testament, a lot of those people had faith that their God, even in Egypt days, a lot of them had faith that their God would rescue you. And along came Moses. Moses eventually did God's will, and he rescued the people of Egypt out of their suffering because they had what? The key word is faith. By faith, we do understand that God was formed. God's command. So that is what is seen and was not made out of the visible. Now that's talking about Genesis 1 and 3 and also key reference again to Psalms 33 and 6. Now from the very beginning to the present moment, faith was always needed. Creation in itself, it does show that just because something cannot be seen does not mean that it doesn't exist, nor does it mean that something won't happen. Just because you don't see it in the moment. And let me ask you this. If it's not a windy day, do you happen to see air? No, you probably don't unless there's a gust of wind. But you're breathing air every day. You're breathing the oxygen that helps you to live. You don't have to see the air to breathe it. Now, what the commentator does specify is that God made everything out of nothing. That was a later development. The way God did everything in the beginning in the first uh, book of the Bible, which is Genesis, how he made heavens and earth, and he made the people, the animals, God did all that. That was faith because people wonder, how could he have done all this? Where did it all come from? Well, we have faith, and we believe that since God did it, then he can do it again. And we see it every day that a baby is born. We see that God has yet again, when a mother, expectant mother is pregnant, she has faith that she will deliver that baby successfully. That little bit of faith is saying, I trust in you, God. My baby will come out healthy. My baby will be all right. The delivery will be excellent. That's because she has the keyword faith, F-A-I-T-H. That is a keyword for faith. And from the beginning to the present moment, like I said before, faith was always needed. And there are so many topics 
You can break down the word faith. There are so many different conversations you can have. You have people like Abel and Enoch in the Bible. You have people like Noah. There was an example with Abraham. All these things talk about faith. Now, the author, this is a commentary, so I'm summing this up for you guys tonight because we want to get to the meat, the nitty-gritty, which is, while we're here tonight, we want to get to the lesson that the Lord has prepared through Dr. Moore. But what has been done is with these examples, it gives us a key insight to what can be like. And just so, as I always say, I'm not the preacher nor the teacher. I just find interesting topics that I'm interested in. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when I find a topic, I kind of want to share things with you. Like right now, I want you to think about these things right here. And this is so awesome because we're still talking from Hebrews is the main book, and it was uh, the 11 chapter verses 1 through 16. So to sum it up, I want you guys to think about these type of things here. If we are certain that something will happen, but it doesn't, is it still right to call it faith? They talk about that in the first verse of the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Now, it also talks about how can Abel speak even when he is dead, verse 4. And then it also talks about, this is verse 6, is it important for us to believe that God will reward us? And then verse 7 says, in what way do people today condemn the word by having, and then verse 8, when God called me, did I understand where I was going? Now, key right there, because I'm summing this up. This says, when God called me, did I understand where I was going? Let me just say this to you. When you give your life over to Christ, when you build a relationship with God, two things happen. One, you're building that relationship with God. So you and God can really, really manifest that relationship. So you need faith. You need to have that faith and that belief that your relationship with God is genuine. Number two. When your faith is genuine, God will place the right people. Key example at our church, we have Dr. Moore. God's able to speak with him and give him godly wisdom and advice to give to us about our journey and our walk with Christ. So if you want somebody genuine, you need faith to believe that your relationship with God is genuine, number one. Then number two, you need to get a prayer partner. Your pastor, maybe if you have a church home, if you don't, pray and have the faith that God will lead you and direct you to the right church home, and then build up a relationship with your pastor or your prayer partner, maybe a minister or an elder in your church or a mother, a deacon, whomever in your church, build up that relationship with them. Let me tell you why this is so important. Because having faith is excellent, but also having somebody else who can help lead and guide you. Now, remember, only you and Jesus can get you into heaven, which is absolutely correct. Nobody but you and Jesus can get you there. But God can point someone like a man or woman of God in your life that can help you, guide you, give you the right topics and conversations. That way you have a chance to experience God like never before. And that's not them telling you what to do or how to do, but that's that's them giving you guidance and leadership, helping you to understand why it is so important and what is so beautiful about participating in church, listening to God and fellowshipping with him, his saints, Because remember, at the end of the day, he is coming back one day. Do we know the hour nor the minute? No. But we know he's coming back for a ready church. He's coming back for his people. That is the people of God that have followed him, that have loved him. But most importantly, they had our key words right. They had faith that they would be ready when he made his return. So I thank you guys tonight for listening to me as I went all across the board about faith. But remember, if you like anything I talk about that's inspiring, if you think it's inspiring, 
Go get your Bible. Go over the scriptures I gave you. Ask God for an understanding because I'm not the preacher nor the teacher. I just like to inspire you with what I find. Does that mean I'm politically correct every moment that I find something? Absolutely not. But I will do my best to continue to be inspiring as I can. I thank you guys. And now it is time for us to get our learn on because that's why we're here for Learner's Lounge Thursday. The doctor is officially in now, and he is ready, ready, and ready to go ahead and teach us what thus saith the Lord. God bless everybody. God bless you in Radio Land tonight. We're so happy, amen, to be able to come back, amen, to be with you one more time, amen. As my announcer has said, we've been away, amen, in our 60 holy convocation, giving praise and glory to the Lord. We thank God, amen, for inspiration hour tonight, speaking on faith and I know each one of you out there have heard something about faith. Let me get right into the Word of God, amen. Uh, And I'm going to share with you tonight. There is nothing no precious than the Word of God, beloved. As we live, we learn and obey His Word. Is nothing like His Word. Matthew chapter 25 23, 25, and 29, it reads and says this. Woe unto you, scribes, and you Pharisees, and you hypocrites. For you have made clean the outside of the cup and of the platter. But within they are full of extortion, An excuse. Thou blind Pharisees, clean first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, you scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, well, you are likened unto white sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful hourly, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also hourly appearance, righteousness, unto man, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrite, because you build the tomb of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. First Corinthians nine, 6, 9, 11 says, Know ye not Know ye not 
that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, or emanators, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covenants, nor drunkenness, nor revelance, nor extortion, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such was some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. First Peter 3, 3 and 5 says, Who adores, let it be not the, uh, be that of the outward appearance, Adorns of the plating of the hair and of the wearing of gold and uh, putting on of uh, pearls, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corrupt, even the ornaments of the meekness and of a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God is a far greater price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husband. Tonight, amen, we are going to continue what I heard my granddaughter sharing, what is holiness. We are going to, amen, continue on that tonight. We're living in the last days and time, beloved. We can see, amen, the change is, is taking place in this earth. We can see, amen, change is taking place, amen, in politics, praise the Lord, and religious. Everywhere upon earth, things is being changed. The writer in Matthew, amen, is coming to us and warning us, woe means the destruction is coming. And I, I like to say tonight, if you are in Christ Jesus, be real. It doesn't, amen, it doesn't make any difference, amen, whether we try to fake it out or not, because the Lord knows whether you're real or not. But he said, woe unto you, scribe. These scribes, amen, was religious peoples of all classes and denominations. Woe unto you, scribe, you hypocrite. It went as far as calling them they were, uh, hypocrite. Hypocrisy was in the land and in the church. He said, you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter. But within, they are full of extortion and excuse. You make clean, amen, the outside of the, of the platter. They, they wash the platter, amen, on the outside, made sure that it was garnished and looked to be clean. The significance of this, amen, Jesus was saying, don't, 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 don't just shine up your outside appearance. And make people, amen, believe that you are a righteous individual. 
shine up the inside. That's where he lives at, on the inside. Make sure that inside is sparkling. Make sure that inside is being led by the Spirit of God. He goes on down several times and saying, Woe unto you, scribes, which is religious people, amen, and you hypocrites, amen. For you are like unto uh, unto a white sepulchre, amen, which indeed appears beautiful on the outside. You, you, your pen looks beautiful on the outside. But what is it on the inside? Listen, God looks on the inside as well as he do the outside of you. Peter, go, uh, first you're to go on down and let us know, beloved saints of God, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not, He's telling you plainly, the unrighteous is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. I don't care what kind of appearance we have on the outside, what kind of degree we have, and how many people we have. If, it's, if you're not living it, and you call yourself faking it, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. No fornicators. No idolaters, no adulterers, or emanators, no abusers of themselves with mankind, speaking of homosexual. Just go on, amen, down to lesbian and all such things as that. You're not going to enter into the kingdom of God. What is holiness? First Peter three five and uh, three five Amen was sent to let us know Amen. Who adorn, let it not be that outwardly adorn of the planting of the hair. It is not Amen. Your planting of your hair, your beauty, trying to beautify yourself. That is not what's going to get you into heaven. It's the life that you live for Jesus. This is what's going to get you into heaven, my beloved tonight. Holiness simply means, amen, come out from among them and be separated, says the Lord. So God is talking to his peoples. A true Christian, amen, while living a life that is completely changed from his formal manner of living, this challenge is demonstrated inwardly as well as outwardly. If you say you've been changed, amen. There's a change in your life. As Jesus has come in, it's going to be made manifest. Not only amen on the outside, but also on the inside. Second Corinthians, amen, 5 and 17 say, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passing away because you've got to kill itself daily. And behold, all things has become to be new. What is wholeness? Wholeness means, amen, we die out from the world. We spiritually die out from the world and live for Jesus Christ. 
Holiness, amen, it, it, it involves a separation. We got problems, amen, today. We got problems today. We don't want to sell, uh, we, don't, we don't want to separate ourselves, amen, from things that's not like Jesus. We want to try to serve two masters at one time. You can't do that. You love one or either hate the other. The old lifestyle, if you're in Christ Jesus, you have to get rid of. I don't care how much fun it was, and uh, God knows, amen, it was fun. When I was out there, amen, I had a lot of fun in the world. But when I came to Jesus, I had to die out of that old lifestyle and put on a new life. My thoughts had to change from what it was when I was in the world. My behavior, the places that I used to go, I couldn't go there anymore. That's what holiness means, amen. Holiness means involving, is involved with a, a change. An inward change as well as an outward change. There's a song we sing sometimes. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to sing, sing forever of his saving grace. This old song has been sung by Christians for many years. And truly it is that we do want to see Jesus. Yet the scripture clearly states in Hebrew 12 and 14, What is holiness? Hebrew 12 and 14. What is holiness and why is it important? Does God really expect his people to live holy, a holy life? Or does he overlook our lack of holiness through his mercy? Holders without, no man shall see the Lord. This is the word of God, my beloved. If we don't live holy, a uh, uh, change have not come. Now, I'm not saying, amen, you are, you are to be perfect as soon as you come, amen, in the Christ. Because, amen, I know there's a growing process. We grow till, amen, the day God takes us out of the world. But there are some things immediately when we come to the Lord, he changes us from. When we put on his nature. Are we going to look overlook, amen, these things and say, amen, through God's mercy, God understands us, we human. I recently was talking to somebody, and they said, the Lord paid it all on Calvary. We don't have to do nothing but have faith and believe. Oh, my brother and sister, let me tell you something. We got to do more than have faith and believe. He did pay for our sin. But then after he told them, 
after he paid for our sins, he done told us we got to do something. We got to come out from the world and be separated from the world. Leviticus, amen, 20th chapter, and verse 7, I believe it says, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, is holy. Holiness have not just started. Holiness has been around. It's just been around because, amen, God himself is holiness, and God don't have no beginning or no ending. But we want to sit back under the old covenant, under the old law. Amen. They had to be holy back there. Be ye holy, for I am the Lord, and your God am holy. Amen. You see, the God that we serve is holy. And he says, amen, we are to be like he is. Holiness, amen, is an inwardly expense of God, grace. That's what holiness is. It's an inwardly expense of God's grace, God's goodness. How good that he is to us. You know, sometimes, amen, our little mind don't want us to comprehend, amen, to even think how good God is to us. As I'm sitting here right now, I can't comprehend how good he is to us. All I know, he's good. He's good. He's good. And it's a separation from sin. Amen. Holiness is a a separation from sin. Ever what day that be, the Lord coming back and coming back at our church, He's not coming back at a church, amen, that has been sinful, but he's coming back at a church without sin. You have separated yourself. God and his grace, his mercy is allowing us as these last days that we're living in right now is to get right, get it right, get it right. Don't just wash the outside cup. Don't make you look good on Sunday morning or when you go to Bible study. You got to be you got to be dedicated. You got to be dedicated and separated from sin. God and fellowship with Him, wholeness under God. And fellowship with him is more than being a moral person. It is being led and empowered and engaged by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit of the Lord has to, uh, amen, we got to be led by the power. And the Holy Spirit, amen, got to be engaged in our life. It is no more our lives now we're living. We're living the life of Jesus Christ. It takes the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. You can't do it on your own. 
You can't do it on your own. You can't, you, can't, you can't tell me you follow Jesus and don't have the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. I don't care how much you know. True holiness can be attained through God's Spirit dwelling in us, and it can never be attained by fleshly means. Amen. If, if, if flesh don't guide you, you ain't going to never make it into heaven. And I don't want to say you, I'm talking about me as well. If I'm going to be, amen, led by my flesh, I will never enter into heaven because there is no good thing in my flesh. i got to clean both inside and outside the cup. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of holiness. That's what the Spirit of God is. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of holiness. For holiness, amen, is a direct attribute of God. Holiness comes out from God. I say, man, don't beat up on Bishop Moore. I'm only going to bring you the true word of God. And I know, amen, everybody don't like for it to be this uh, strict. But only the true in heart shall see God. The pure in heart, they, only the pure in heart, they gonna, they, only they shall see God. Now, to be holy is to be like God. To think as he thinks. Live as he would live. Talk as he would talk. Your whole lifestyle is going to be changed if you're going to be holy. You've got to live like you know the Lord would live. Talk like the Lord would talk. Any and everything ain't going to come out of your mouth. When you walk in with Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord governs and brawls your tongue when you walk in with Jesus. God is calling for holiness. God is calling for separation. Listen, God, very nature is holy. He is absolute, pure. And more than perfect. He's pure and he's, amen, more than perfect. There is no fault. You can't find no fault in him. I believe Pilate asked that question. Pilate said, I, 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 don't, I can't find no fault in this man. Y'all can crucify him if you want to, but on my part, I can't find no fault in him. The Lord Jesus, he left us an impression upon those who knew him inwardly that he was pure and he is holy. He was perfect. He was an example of a holy life, true, love, humble, and kind. Is that the kind of spirit that we have? 
Is that the kind of spirit we, we produce in amen in the world? We must put on Christ to be clothed with his presence so that we might live a separated from sin and ungodly in this world today. Put on Christ. The only way, amen, you can live, amen, separated from this old ungodly world today, you've got to put Jesus on. Put Jesus on. You can't do it by yourself. Ezra, the ninth chapter, one and two says that, now when these things were done, the prince came to me, saying the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the land. Done according to their abomination, even of the Canaanites, the Hittites and Jubasites and the Moabites and the Egyptians, for they have taught their daughters, they have taken take their daughters for themselves and for their son, so that the wholeness seed have mingled themselves with the peoples of the land. Yea, the hand of the priest, prince, and ruler have been chief in their trespassing. Now, God told them, amen, uh, the children of Israel, now don't you go and separate, I said, don't you go and mix with these people. I have chosen you to be a special people. And I don't want you to go in and mix marriage with them. And they heard the voice of God. But a little later on, as they began to grow, those beautiful young women and young men, the flesh got the best of them. And they gave them over to the people of the land, which were serving idol gods. God told them not to mix. But they decided that they were not going to obey the holiness of God, and they were going to mix. You know, when we disobey the Lord, we got to pay a, a, a penalty for that. In the book of Ezra, in the Old Testament, amen, it gives us an, uh, an excellent example of what God protects of Israel concerning separating from the other nation and people that live from the other nation and people that lived around them. God told Israel, don't you, don't you go and mix with these folks. 
And, and as I'm saying that my mind is traveling, I know God is talking to me and many of you out there and I told you, don't you go and mix your certain things. You hear it. You understand him well. But to your flesh, to benefit your flesh, what we do, we disobey God. But listen, Israel was a seed. Israel was a seed. Don't mix your seed up with some of anything. We don't have no business, amen, as church people mixing our righteous, our holy seed up with some of everything. God planted that seed for a special purpose, and that's, uh, that purpose was, amen, to serve him. They were not to mix, amen, with them in marriage or in worship their God. They were, not, they, were, they were not to mix with them in marriage or go to church, amen, and mix with them, amen, in, in, in their God, serving God. They just wasn't supposed to do that. But you know what? They got tired of God's way and wanted to do it their way. Isn't that telling us something today? We done got so carnality. We don't want to do it God's way. We want to do it our way. My brothers and sisters, what is holiness? Holiness is to separate and to come out from among them. God don't want you to mix your seed with that amen is not his seed. God, holy seed, has mingled with the peoples in the land. And in so done, they have become partakers of their idolatry and abomination of the Heathen nations. The, the righteous seed today has come, amen, to, to, to be partakers of the world. Look at, what, look, at what, look at what we're facing today. God's righteous seed has come, amen, entangled and mingled with the world. It's abomination, amen, of what we are seeing today. God told Israel not to do that. Israel, along with all Israel, along with all Israel, made a covenant with God put, to put away all foreign wives, and their children was born to them. They had got so far, amen, and God, amen, the Spirit had left them so, and they had fell so far in idolatry till they made a covenant with God. They said, God, I know we don't, I know we don't went on the other side. I know we don't did wrong. We don't marry these peoples. We got family with them. But the only way we can get straight with you, we got to leave them. They had to leave their husband. They had to leave their wife. They had to leave their children. That's the only way they can get straight with the Lord. I don't care how long they have been married to that a woman or that man. If they were going to make a 
agreement, a covenant with God to get back right, they had to leave them. The tragedy of circumstance, amen, high on the wall, the results of disobeying God. When we disobey God, amen, we're going to have to suffer. We're going to have to suffer for disobeying God. I don't care how much we pray. I don't care how much, amen, we, we fast. I don't care how much we go to church. If we oh, disobey God, we're going to have to pay a penalty. It was, ne- it was necessary, amen, for the Israelite, amen, to separate themselves from those strange wives for the blessedness of God to return. For Israel, amen, is to be a nation that God desired them to be. They had to separate the ungodly nation and their generous necessity. If they had to be a, a nation like God wanted, they had to, amen, come back to God. No matter what the price was. Yes, I may have a family. I'll be on the other side. But if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to obey the Lord, I have to leave that family. Nehemiah came along a little later, 13th chapter, and the 23rd to the 25th. Nehemiah, he said, in those days, also I saw Jews that had married wives of Ashton, a god, amen, a, a idol, Amo, and the Moabites. And their children, they, their, their children, they spoke holy, they spoke a hand in their speech of Ashton and could not speak in the Jewish language. Look what the devil had did. Took away the written in the language, amen, that the Jew was normal to speak, amen. They went over there and married, amen, in the foreign land, foreign land. It took away their language. If you allow me to say it, we're facing the same thing today. Satan is taking away our language. Our language is supposed to be of Jesus Christ. But we done mixed so much up with the world. Our language is being taken away from us. You shall, amen, not give your daughters unto their son, uh, take their wives unto your son for yourself. That was Nehemiah, man. In the book of Nehemiah, man, the results of disobeying, of disobeying God and the sin of incomplete is separated from sin uh, clearly seen. Israel, Israel uh, were in loss of their children to heathen gods. Amen. She was in loss of, amen, their children to heathen gods. Wasn't no more God children today, but the amen, they were lost unto heathen gods. Our children today is lost unto heathen gods because we didn't cross the line. Woe unto you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You go on to church. You paying your tithes in your midst. 
but you're not being obedient. Israel saw no harm in allowing the young men to marry heathen women of the nations. They didn't see no harm in it. About them, but they soon saw the children given over to idolatry. They saw the children, amen, and worshiping another God. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Now the children is worshiping other gods because they don't cross the line. They rappers now when they used to wouldn't rap. They fashion people now. Where you said they wouldn't, they wouldn't do. They had certain clothes they would wear. They crossed the line. I believe the church has crossed the line. Come on, children. Each time, Amen. Israel tried, Amen, to find themselves being led into idolatry. This is why God demands a separation of Israel. Part. God said, "You have to separate. You got to come on out. Come on." You can't serve me and the world a matter. The wholeness of God, amen, has always demanded separation between believers and unbelievers. The wholeness of God has always demanded a separation between believers and unbelievers. Why is it so hard for us today? Amen is to not be able to separate ourselves for unbelievers. It is hard for us, amen, as church people to separate, to, 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 amen, it's the natural one to separate ourselves from unbelievers. But listen to what the Lord says. Every, everything about Israel belittled and lifestyle was to be different from that of other peoples. God gave them a law that taught a clear distinction between the clean and unclean, the holy and profane. What was acceptable? and unacceptable to God. Leviticus, amen, 11 and 47. God gave them a whole different lifestyle. Don't you do this. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what you're supposed to live. And at that time, amen, the dietary law, you know what you're supposed to eat. But Israel, somebody got tired of God. They didn't want to obey God. They wanted to be like all other nations. They wanted a king like all the other nations were. Just as Israel, amen, was to be separated unto God as a holy people in the Old Testament, so the New Testament Christians are to be dedicated to God and separated from the world. 
New Testament, come on down to you and I now. We ought to be dedicated unto God and separated. Separated from what? Separated from the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in it. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Come on out of it. God didn't give us the law. You can't mix with the world. God shall demand of his peoples both dedication and separation. That's what God demands, both dedication, dedicated to, and to him, and separated from the world. That's why, that's why amen, uh, everybody's not going to be saved. Broadway is crowded, children, but we're going to see a traveler every now and then. And the closer it is for Jesus to come back, you're going to see a man, a very few people, trying to obey Jesus. Israel Israel was not to marry foreigners around them. Christians are not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. God told us, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But we act like that is not even written in the Word of God. This is Dr. Moore tonight, amen, tonight, amen. He's just giving you food for thought tonight, letting you know, amen. What is holiness? Holiness means to come out and to be separated, says the Lord. And I'll be your God and you shall be my children. In this way, they can came as a family, give themselves completely to God, in his service. God wants you to come out of the family. He wants that seed to be right. He don't want you, amen, somebody to have an adulterous seed in your family. He wants all that seed to be holy. Come to him to give him righteous living, pureness. My time will not permit me tonight, praise the Lord. But amen, I want to say amen, you got to get rid of that old life. If you are in Christ Jesus, this is Dr. Morgan. I send God bless you. We love you tonight. Thank you again, amen, for listening to us. Pray for us, amen, as we stand on the word of God. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.